0: Welcome to EdTech Examined, a series about educational technology and what you need to know. I'm Eric Christensen. And I'm Chris Hans. This is episode 17, Time Vampire Strategies. Welcome to another episode of EdTech Examined. Uh, My name is Eric Christensen and I am here with my two colleagues, Chris Hans and Chris Huang. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. How are you? Not too bad. We're all joking about how I'm sitting in the dark. For people who are listening to this, uh, we haven't ventured into the uh, video podcast realm yet, but my office isn't very well set up for uh, lighting when it's dark out. So according to Chris and Chris, uh, I look like I'm doing some sort of Seance, some sort of chant. Maybe I'm in a confessional booth. We're not really sure, but I'm going to let the people who are listening and let their minds wander about what I may actually look like. Uh, for today's episode, we are doing something a little bit different. So we're gonna, I'm gonna do a, a very loose interview with my two colleagues. So a little bit of background, Chris. Hans is a full-time instructor at both Mount Royal University and the University of Calgary in their business schools. And Chris Hoang is not only a full-time student, but also uh, works full-time. I'll let my uh, colleagues fill in the details in, in a second. But because they're so incredibly busy, they also have to be incredibly organized because they do an enormous amount of work, more than most mortals can handle. I'm kind of astounded on a daily basis. Our idea was that we would discuss uh, top productivity habits, since productivity seems to be uh, a popular topic among our most downloaded episodes, and I think it's uh, important to continue with that. Productivity in higher education is interesting. So Chris, did you want to kick it off a little bit uh, with your intro about kind of how things have changed?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I should... um clarify so I I am not a full-time instructor but I have been teaching a full course load so uh, you know just uh, I mean maybe one day maybe if uh, the openings come up or what have you but uh, somehow I've been teaching more than normal during this um, especially this emergency remote uh, delivery during the pandemic but yeah I mean one thing that I I found that was uh, interesting is if you really think about it I was a Kind of just wandering and you know uh, just while i was walking my dogs this morning and if you think about it uh, just uh, in terms of the different uh, revolutions that we've had i mean uh, my ancestors they were originally farmers so if you think about it there was probably always something to do on the farm uh, You know, uh, and maybe that gave rise to task lists. And then uh, later on with the Industrial Revolution, I think a lot of it was more systemized. And, you know, this is where uh, maybe uh, we kind of started uh, looking at the assembly line. And then uh, probably one of the most infamous people from a time management productivity standpoint is Stephen Covey and he came up with this model it was uh, the four quadrants and so basically he came up with this quadrant system where you had urgent and non-urgent uh sort of uh, tasks and um you know then also weighted them based on whether they're important or non-important and then you they would go into these little buckets and uh i mean along the way there's probably other things like one of the things that I, we always come up with in uh, business is the 80/20 rule? So it's uh, the Pareto principle, where 20% of your effort results in 80% of your productivity. Uh, there's other techniques that people have uh, probably used. Um, you know, for example, there's the the Pomodoro technique, uh, where you basically take a timer and you break down your work into intervals, so usually in 25 minute lengths and you know, uh, I've heard of some people even doing 10 minute junks and so on. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, there's a bunch of different techniques. And I, I think now, uh, you know, with the working from home, you probably have to put yourself into a different frame of mind um, and uh, you may not be as... Um, uh, efficient as normally you would be but um, I think it's important to kind of just uh, put a, preface everything that you know this uh, notion of the office environment it really hasn't been around that long and so you know the way that we've done things uh you know i think that there, there's still room for improvement and i i think part of it is now um you know and i mean maybe we can even get into some of the the habits that we have but um you know there's certain uh you know routines that you can maybe implement in systems and so on
0: yeah i think that's an excellent uh, summary there's definitely been cycles back and forth i like the analogy of the farm um, I don't know if any of my ancestors were farmers. I'm curious. That would be a good thing to find out. I don't know, though, that even my grandfather, who came from Canada, from Norway, while he wasn't working on a farm where there was always something to do, he was always doing something. He was never sitting around. He was a super handy guy, so maybe that's part of it. I sometimes wonder, too, Chris, if there's a... There is a... I can't, I don't have the reference at hand. If I think of it, I'll put it in the show notes, but there is some evidence that um, people become less satisfied over time or actually waste more time with the reduction of handicrafts as hobbies and things like that. Fixing things, Mm -hmm. reusing things. Uh, So I I wonder if that kind of goes hand in hand because farmers and people who are farming tend to be really handy. They have to be more self-reliant, fix things themselves. Right. And they probably intuitively really good at time management and stuff, but that's, uh, probably a good segue, like you said, into uh, the, the questions. So I just have three questions uh, for each of you. Um, but, you know, that we tend to go long in our discussions. So I had six questions and then I made them three. So I figured that that would give us more room to discuss a fewer things than more. So the, the first one is for both of you. Now they're all for both of you. What are your top productivity habits uh, that you're using right now?
1: Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, I'll kick it off. Uh, one thing that I've uh, implemented, I, I call it the one-touch rule. And so let's say, for example, an email comes in and somehow, I don't know, maybe I've, I'm looking at my iPhone. I'm not going to go and look at that email uh, more than that one touch. And so I just reply to it right away if it's something that doesn't require much attention. And so uh, I think that can uh, be a good way Um I mean, beyond that, uh, one of the things that I've I've been lately doing is and I've been doing this for a while, actually, but I do keep track of my time and then I block time in my calendar. And so, um, you know, even like, for example, today, um, and I I encourage students to do this, especially because I think really the um, uh, success in school, it doesn't come from from an intelligence standpoint, we're probably very similar IQ wise. You know, it's more a um, you know a matter of time management and productivity, and you know a lot of determination, perseverance. um, You know, developing that routine. So, one thing that I've been doing in my calendar is actually keeping track of everything that I do and where I spend my time, and then audit that time. And so, you know, and the the nice thing is you should be blocking off and some of the things that uh, like beyond your actual commitments. Let's say you have class or meetings or what have you, but You should also set aside time to eat, um, you know, set aside time for working out, other things, uh, maybe some social activities, although we're right now in a lockdown. But, uh, you know, try to figure some of those uh, aspects. And the nice thing being in a digital environment, you can always drag something over if it, uh, you know, doesn't seem relevant anymore. Even like today, for example, I I had one thing that that I had planned was actually working out earlier in the afternoon and uh, my daughter wanted to go and play. So I played with her and then right before this podcast recording, I actually worked out very quickly. So, uh, you know, again, I think just getting in the habit of that um, And, uh, you know, I I think one other thing that I lately have started doing from a, um, you know, task list is um, especially again, as I mentioned, like I don't think this environment working from home, uh, the added stress of the pandemic, it's probably not the most conducive to getting things done in a sustained effort uh, manner. And so uh, I've been using for the last little while um, a new technique uh, where basically I create a task list. And imagine if you if you would, if you had a, you know, piece of paper in front of you. So you would go and split that piece of paper uh, from top to bottom, uh, just, you know, in two, so in half, right? And then you would go and take, uh, and so you basically are creating two columns. And then you would create three sections uh, beyond that. And so, and then those buckets, what you would do is uh, think about what requires... Um, sort of uh, your best work self and your you know, where you don't have to operate a 110%. So you have those two columns. And then from a time management standpoint, you know, what can you get done in less than 15 minutes? And then maybe in that 15 minute range, and then something where you might actually need a sustained effort. And I, I find uh, By doing this, at least like if there's, let's say, for example, um, a meeting or a lecture uh, ran a little bit shorter and you just happen to have like five minutes, you can go and hit off one of those tasks and get it off the, the plate. And so I, I've been doing this for the last little while. I, I mean, beyond, I mean, uh, in terms of having this list, that's one way. I think if you have a, a way that you could maybe have like a whiteboard and just have it visually in front of you, that might be another good thing. And, uh, you know, where you can look in your room and anchor yourself if you just happen to be wondering, uh, hey, what should I do with five minutes right now? And you'd be surprised in five minutes, you can actually get quite a bit accomplished.
2: I think Chris, you bring up a good point there. Um, you're, you're talking a lot about the different mindsets and kind of mentalities you need to do, or need to need to approach high productivity, as opposed to kind of physical tools, um, which we'll get into a bit later. I think the biggest part of keeping yourself on top, keeping yourself on top of your tasks, is to really dial in on the prioritization of what you have on your plate. You really need to be able to understand where your deadlines are. And not only should you be focusing on tasks that are the most important or approaching the most quickly, that's very true, but you also need to be able to hammer out the things that come easiest to you. Should You shouldn't take on the most exhausting task first. You should always try knock off some easy things off your list. I think a a lot of the productivity hacks that are discussed is when you keep these lists and these different buckets, the first thing you do at the start of your day is to make your bed. It makes you feel like you're productive. You get something done that's very easy and it gets you in the right mindset to continue hammering things out throughout your day. So the equivalent of that, aside from making your bed, means that when you're Looking at a student perspective or an educator, whatever you might be doing, you don't want to be studying for the biggest project or hammering out your term paper as the first thing you do in the morning. I mean, maybe you do, especially if you're cramming and you don't time manage properly. You kind of don't have a choice. But in terms of optimizing your productivity, the best thing you can do for something like that is to review your notes, perhaps schedule your day. Um, even hammering things in and creating these lists and putting things into your calendar is actually something that's quite productive and makes you feel like you have a good understanding of where things are at and what you need to be doing. I think that's always a great kind of place to, to start off and, and get yourself into it, the right frame and mindset to kind of approach whatever else is, is, is approaching.
1: Yeah, and I, I think even just from a planning perspective, I mean, there's a, a lot of... Uh, uh... Thought leaders on this, where they talk about having, you know, maybe a, a yearly plan, quarterly plan, and maybe like a weekly plan, and then a daily plan. And I, I mean, I, whatever uh, approach that you take, I think one of the things that I usually do is uh, try to go and figure out for that week. And uh, every day before I, let's say, you know, you should probably set uh, your normal working hours as well, because you don't want to be working. Uh, throughout, um, and you you know, especially from a psychological perspective, you might actually get burnt out otherwise. But revisit what you actually did accomplish during the day, and uh, you know, plan out your next day. And when you do wake up, and actually, I've been experimenting the last little while. So it, usually, one of the things that I do is um, I find I'm most productive. And I've tried this, um, you know. Uh, either waking up early or uh late as well and really uh, what it comes down to is whenever nobody's disturbing me and so uh for the last like week or so I, I had something that i had uh to complete it was a project so i got up early i got up at like five six in the morning uh you know just relax for a little bit then i hammered through for an hour so i blocked off that time uh the same can be said if I do it at nighttime as well. So, but obviously you should make sure that you sleep enough as well, uh, because otherwise uh, just your quality of work is probably not going to be the same. And uh, I think also just having a little bit of a ritual. So one of the things that I do is I find that I don't need uh, like a caffeine hit in the first first thing in the morning. I already have enough energy. Just. Uh, you know from there so usually what I do and believe me I throughout my education and then later on in my career I actually didn't even drink coffee until probably I don't know maybe like five years ago and some people were actually surprised that I'm drinking coffee but I usually have my coffee in the afternoon and then I block off the time where I need to you know I need 110 percent of myself and maybe it's an hour or two and I usually do it in the afternoon where I'm just hammering out maybe it's something um Uh, you know, I'm working on writing a chapter or something, right? Uh, And again, I I think, you know, Chris, you're absolutely right. Just in terms of uh, the psychological uh, mindset, I I actually do go and make my bed in the morning and that sets the right tone for the day. Uh, The other thing that I also do is I I take my dogs for a walk every day uh, in the morning. And, uh, you know, uh, even at that time, uh, it's usually about an hour. I think it, you know it just sets the right tone for the rest of the day. And uh, just you know, who knows? Even just from a, a creativity standpoint, if if that's something that is required for some of your tasks or projects, uh, you never know when that uh, kind of um, bulb might go off or that you get that idea. And it's uh, part of it is too. I mean, I actually do teach a course in creativity, and I I think it's um, one of those things where Just like any other skill, you can go and refine and, um, you know, it's a matter of going and taking notes and, you know, uh, doing things where maybe, you know, you'll find it's funny. You might actually be going and uh, chomping away and even have set aside that time and maybe it's during a walk that you actually the, the connection comes together and you're like oh eureka here's here's the idea i mean i've done this even for this podcast uh, you know i've been designing the covers and so sometimes i think of a few ideas and i mean i'm a self-taught uh, graphic designer so uh, but i find a lot of times i'll go and sleep on it and then the next day it just while i'm walking the dogs i'm like yeah this is how i should come up with the uh, uh, the concept for it yeah, i
2: think you bring up uh, some good points chris with the kind of timing of it. And I think the scheduling part for me is something that I've always struggled with. Um, And and probably kind of antithetical to a lot of the guidelines and um, kind of practices that are are preached out there. So I, I remember kind of anecdotally at a very young age trying to schedule things into like an Excel spreadsheet. And this was back when I was Uh, probably about eight or nine and I used to play like every sport under the sun I had like nine or ten at different extracurriculars going I I kind of attribute that kind of early training and um, ADHD of my childhood to how I kind of keep up with everything now but because I had such a dynamic schedule that would change seasonality um, there'd be kind of limps and things that would come up and I'd sometimes I just wouldn't be in the right mood to work on things and that's true to to this day um I am not a big fan of scheduling tasks. Um, I set objectives and goals, but I don't behold myself to a schedule. I think that often um, what that ends up doing is ends up creating a lot of additional stress or pressure um, to kind of perform in a particular amount of time. So for example, if you have something and you're saying, I have to finish this in this one or two hours on this Wednesday. well. And this Wednesday afternoon, shall we say. And and that's not necessarily going to be the best way to to do things. I've always identified myself as a bit more right-brained, a bit more creative in terms of just my personality. Uh, And and when I look at things like that, uh, and whenever I write a paper, it's very typically at night, the middle of the night. Everyone's asleep. The house is super quiet. I'm basically falling asleep but that's when I write the best for my papers. That's when the ideas flow. And I think a lot of creative people and artists, I think that's a common trope that you tend to be more creative at night. Um, But in any case, I think that uh, what happens is when you say that I have to finish this paper and this Wednesday afternoon, two hour session, and you don't end up finishing it, what you end up doing is actually impairing your own sleep, um, creating additional stress, and creating more pressure for yourself because you say, man, man, I didn't finish this task today. I didn't get it done. Or you kind of push yourself to do something in a particular set amount of time where you're not feeling your best or not optimized or in the right mindset to do it. And I think that's a particular skill that needs to be learned. I think it's important to be able to do things when you're not in the right mindset to do it. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what um, exams are, right? You're 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning, you're gonna do the stats test. (laughs) Uh, That was my first year in university. I, you know, things like that, that's what you, it's a a life skill, it's you, you do or die, right? It's a, you perform now, that's true in the workforce, that's true in school, that's true in, in your personal life. It's, there's certain moments where you just kind of have to do things. Whether or not you want to do it, you got to do it. Um, but in terms of optimizing your a very busy schedule, there's never, a, and, um, there's never a lack of things to do, shall we say. There's always something that you could be doing. And I think choosing what you do when you do it is very important. And so for me, I like to set objectives for perhaps a day, but typically for the week. <clears throat> and sometimes for a month and what that means for me is that i need to finish my paper um and i typically set a deadline that's about a week before the the actual due date so i have some uh some flex time and i what i do is i say i have to finish it by the saturday before the week it's it's before the the school week or the work week that this paper is actually due Now, it doesn't matter if I do it on Wednesday afternoon. It doesn't matter if I do it at Tuesday at midnight or if I do it at the Friday, the five hours before it becomes Saturday, right? As long as I hit that deadline and meet my objective, I'm okay. And for me, that's kind of how I like to schedule a lot of my things. I don't stick to a very rigid time management schedule. And what I think that um, the trade-off for that is, is you have to have good discipline. I don't think you can kind of have this flexibility and adaptability um, if you're just gonna keep pushing things off. And we can talk about some of the technological tools I can assist with that. I think Chris already alluded to it with some of the um, kind of analyzing the, the time, your time um, spent on tasks and things like that. Um, we'll dive into that. But I, I just wanted to point out kind of as well, the kind of the flip side of, um, I, you know, Chris's suggestion is very textbook, very, I think, um, structured, methodical, and great for, I, I would argue again, left and right brain isn't a real thing shall we say, a different topic for another day. But for very left-brained people, I, I would say that that's a very good analytical, structured approach. For those of you who are more creative and more dynamic, um, I would pose that you should kind of look at the way I do things, which is much more flexible and, and, and loose in terms of how you can get things going. Because uh, the last point about this is for those people, and even if you're, you, you don't identify someone who's super creative, when I write a paper at the middle of the night, I can get it done a lot faster than I can trying to force myself during the sometime during the day. And it just happens to be the kind of right frame of mind, the right kind of um, the right kind of uh, circumstances around you, the environment that you're yourself in. As Chris mentions, kind of having that quiet space. I think it's just a matter of having that kind of right psychological mindset that allows you to enable your productivity, and not only that, but uh, and maximize your efficiency.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, uh, one thing I should clarify. So, when I'm saying that, uh, let's say in in the afternoon, if I'm setting aside like one or two hours to work on something, I have a larger objective, and I may not be able to, you know, let's say if I, I wanted to go and knock off uh, this chunk of it, uh, but at least I'm working towards it because it's very hard to estimate how much time it's going to take. And uh, I think for a lar- uh, let's say, especially for large projects, like if it is a term paper or if if somebody's working on a thesis, uh, I think sometimes people even maybe overestimate. I mean, imagine if uh, if you are doing a dissertation or a, a very uh, heavy like paper uh, and I, I could see like especially for like a, you know, or writing a book, you might think, OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to take everything else off my plate and just work on that. And again, I think this is where if you focus in on, and uh, again, I think you'd be surprised like if uh, if we use this eighty twenty 20 rule, if it actually is scientifically proven or not, I'm not sure. But if you set aside two hours a day to work on something, pretty much anything is probably uh, able to be accomplished.
0: Well, that's probably a good segue to the technologies you folks use for um, organizing your time so the second question is what technologies so this could be software or hardware do you use to stay organized
2: so up until pretty recently I never um, used many (laughs) tools Um, I wouldn't even keep a to-do list I would just kind of track everything mentally Um, and I think part of that is again kind of that self-care mental health aspect where it's just you don't want to get yourself overwhelmed and you don't want to to have kind of too much to stare down at if you have a to-do list that's five word document pages long it just seems so um inconquerable but if you have little bits and pieces um it makes it much more manageable now of course that requires intense discipline and as i've taken more and more stuff on i think i'm technically working like eight or nine job positions right now um that means that i've had to make use of things like a calendar. Um, and it doesn't, it still doesn't mean that I will, I, I still don't keep like a massive to-do list. Um, I still set all those objectives mentally uh, that I mentioned prior. Um, but what I do um, ensure is that I put the actual dates in my calendar because I've been remiss at trying to remember all these for a while. Maybe it's, I'm just getting old <laughs> and I'm losing some moment mental capacity that I can't um, keep track of all the due dates and everything kind of in my head. But I think that is kind of just an initial kind of very basic thing just keep things in a calendar whether that means you keep an agenda day plan or calendar i think the use of a digital calendar is particularly useful because it gives you those reminders and you can kind of look at your day at a glance um, as eric kind of mentioned earlier between having a full work day um, and then school lectures kind of scheduled in especially with zoom links it's great to have them in your calendar now um, and to have that downloaded in you can see at a glance where you have time for productivity throughout your day and to to actually do work as opposed to um anything else and i think that's a great way to kind of take a a look at your at your day at a glance the other thing i would do though is i would um even before i would keep track of things uh kind of in in that way is i'd always keep a yearly calendar at the very least or a monthly one and i'd write down all my to-do lights on a i have one of those big um laminated ufc ones so Like a desk calendar, hang it up on my wall, and then just fill in any of the dates and then keep track of that. Um, But what I think that also um, kind of looks at is how you want to approach um, delegating your time. So when you want to analyze your time and look at what you're actually doing, you can get very methodical and nitpicky and, 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 block certain parts off on your time um and i I think the the reality of life is that you're not necessarily always going to have that things move around all the time i mean lectures get moved and cancelled you're not going to eat dinner at the same time every day god knows i don't um so i and even this is an entirely different topic now i don't want to get down the rabbit hole but even with sleep you're supposed to sleep at the same time every night wake up at the same time every night for me I, i i can't do that and i think that the reason that I don't is it gives me that flexibility to be able to if I'm feeling in the mood and I'm productive for a particular day and for whatever reason I'm more energized I had a very productive happy day I can go and hammer out an essay I don't have to go to bed at 11 p.m sharp right it means I can stay up till 3 or 4 a.m and it means that I can wake up whenever and and I think that 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 kind of flexibility um is very important and keeping yourself dynamic. Now, having said that, you want to be able to understand how you're using your time. And so one of the great ways to do this is the screen time that's built into any of the digital app or digital phones and laptops and things like that these days, right? Which analyzes your amount of hours and minutes or percentage used for particular apps um, or uh, websites or anything like that as well. I think that's a great way to kind of analyze and use your time. Now, having said that, For me, I don't do a lot of work on my phone, um, even on my laptop. It's it's not very distinctive since there's a lot of overlap between the different websites and different browser platforms and whatnot between my different duties, so it's not a great way to track it. I mean, I might spend 50% of my day on Microsoft Word, but what does that really tell me? (laughs) I don't really know um, how that breaks down uh, the different tasks and and measure my efficiency. And again, I don't like to get too analytical about it. I think it's much more of an... It is a science, but I like to treat it more of an art because I think as human beings, we're very dynamic and uh, spiritual and you know, different uh, kind of dynamic people, not very easily categorized into neat little boxes. But I digress. The point is is that you want to be able to analyze and look at your time, um, but obviously, don't turn it into a monster task. You're not going to be able to maximize your efficiency just based off of analyzing it, um, but you want to be able to see if you're wasting all your time on social media or something like that. And you want to be able to block it off. And having said that, once you get to that point, I think the important thing to get to is with that social media, that there are a lot of different apps and content blockers, similar to those child protection blockers, that you can stop yourself. I know a lot of my friends do this. You can actually physically stop yourself from opening these apps. You have to enter a password or something like that, um, or it blocks it out for a particular amount of time. Those are very effective for a lot of people. Um, The other thing that you can do is that, uh, you want to be able to assist and kind of keep your um, freedom of mind going. So for me, I actually really don't like quiet um, environments, and I, I don't do good work in quiet environments. I always need to have background noise. So what I typically like to do is I either turn on the TV and just have something playing in the background, probably a show I hate, to be honest, so I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, the other thing I like to do is I put on music, Or I put on even podcasts and YouTube videos and things like that and let them run in the background. And what that does for me is it keeps track of my time, right? Um, probably in a non-traditional sense. But what it really does is I can see, okay, well, I've gotten through a half hour episode of this podcast. That means that I should be X amount along for my task. Right. and it, it lets me dial in to see how productive I actually am. The other thing that it really does is it actually helps multitasking. If you have any pre-recorded lectures, or if you want to do any professional development, and you have things like going on in the background, or even hobbies that you want to catch up on, um, put it on in the background. I think that's important and great. Even if you have, um, and this is probably, again, antithetical to any of the productivity books out there. If you have a show that doesn't require a lot of bandwidth and you're doing a task that doesn't require a lot of mental like focus as well, I would be more than in favor of putting that show on like a sitcom comedy or something that doesn't need a lot of focus and then also picking away at a task that only requires 10 to 25% of your of your time. Um, now, the, the logic for me behind this is what it means is that you're actually making better use of your time. You could be focusing 100% on the show and 100% on something else but at the end of the day because you're able to kind of split your time and you you know getting 80 percent out of both of those in the same amount of time is still going to put you ahead as opposed to 100 um, percent devoted just to the one task in that half hour one hour whatever um, so I think those are great ways to do about it I, I also um, am a big fan of then like the particular music, I don't care if it has lyrics or not. I know that's something that a lot of people kind of dwell on. For me, again, the noise and conversation kind of really helps. Even back when we were able to go out to places, I would actually leave the house to study. I would never study in the quiet force of a library. I needed noise. And if I was in a quiet place, I'd have my music going. so that's something that I think is really great um, when you really need to dial in, though, especially kind of maybe at later at night and things like that. I think there are certain tricks that you can do with the type of music or the type of sound you're using. I know a lot of people like to use white noise. The other thing that I really like and again, very identical, um, so the psychological the psychology of music in terms of how it influences your brain. Um, if I'm particularly tired in the middle of the night and I'm working on a paper, listening to metal or heavy rock is actually going to keep you up and keep you energized. And I think that to me that gives the right balance of mellow creativity at the, the top of the night, and then also kind of enough to stimulus to keep you up and, uh, and alert. So that, those are some of my kind of tips and tricks. I kind of rambled a bit here. Um, maybe Chris, you wanted to chime in in terms of some of the other technologies and how that kind of can play in.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, maybe just uh, before I get into that, I, I I think it's important to go and uh, point out, I mean, you're a fairly intelligent guy. So I think, you, you know, in my experience, what I've noticed is a lot of people, they're able to go, especially those who have maybe high IQs and stuff, that they can go and manage those tasks in their head. But for most people, you you know, it wouldn't hurt to go and write things down or use like a calendar and use some of these aids. And as you get older, uh, you know, I, uh, I describe my brain as like a hard drive, which is getting overloaded. And it's uh, it's actually full of a lot of useless things. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it, you may as well use some of the, the technology that's at the, uh, your disposal. And I mean, it, it doesn't have to be super high tech either. So some of the things that I use and so um, I'm on the Apple ecosystem primarily. I mean, I do have a PC as well, but uh, I do use uh, the uh, iCal. And so that syncs up my calendar right across my phone and my, um, uh, computer. So my laptop, I can also, if I, uh, let's say if I am on my PC, I can also just log in through the web and see uh, some of those uh, aspects. Um, I do keep, uh, everything both, uh, physically. So if there is some stuff, like if I come across, I keep it in a, I call it a, um, a physical idea bank. And then I have like folders as well. And now um, one of the things that I've done is especially things that I might need and to keep my um, file management at ease, if it isn't anything um, super confidential, I've been putting that on iCloud And so everything is uh, synced up there. So if I need something, it shows up on my computer, it shows up on my phone, on my iPad. So in that way, somehow magically, it just works. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, like, whereas you're mostly on your computer, uh, I do use my phone quite a bit. And one of the things that I've uh, have discovered, especially with the screen usage, is just where some of that time goes. And uh, one thing that I've been recommending now for students is almost like a digital detox. And, you know, it might sound harsh and maybe, you know, uh, the interim method is something what you described is where you can lock your screens. But uh I think you really got to decide for yourself um, and start thinking about you know for these social media apps especially what exactly are you getting out of it and um, you know I think it might be the year now that you just take a detox maybe you take a month off uh, it might seem harsh but maybe you just delete the app I mean one of the things Years ago, I actually, I still have my Facebook account, but I don't use it. And I, I personally, especially with recent events right now uh, with uh, Facebook and, you know, uh, uh, in the U.S. and now WhatsApp, uh, they're having some uh, interesting uh, issues where a lot of people have uh, seen the terms and conditions and moving on to other apps like Signal. Um, you know, uh, I think it's, it's important just to, You know, maybe for something like that, like I've just deleted the app altogether. One of the reasons why I actually did that was I noticed my battery was getting drained quite a bit because uh, Facebook Messenger and Facebook and, you know, they were just running in the background all the time. So I, I just deleted the app altogether. If I ever need to, I can go and log in through the web. I'm thinking of doing the same for Instagram because I've noticed it's almost like you get like a bit of a rabbit hole. Somebody sends you a video. Next thing you know, half an hour of your time is gone and again i've been telling some uh, you know students especially who might get somewhat addicted if you think about it like these these social media platforms they make money from having people stay on there and so that algorithm that they've developed is quite addictive and i mean i haven't even downloaded tiktok whatsoever but i i hear you know, they've refined it to an art. And so, uh, again, one of the things that I, I think you should be highly uh, cognizant of is, that you know, especially in this time, and I may have said this in other episodes, but, you know, this, this came from years of reflection. At the end of the day, like, let's say in a recent events, so, you know, the pandemic, COVID is not in our control. The economy is not in our control. What's happening in the US, and I mean, especially with uh, even right before we started this episode, Chris was asking me, hey, did you guys see what was happening in the Capitol building? And I just cut myself off of that. Uh, A lot of these things you do not have in your control. I do not have control over my... Uh, you know, loved ones, I do not have control over my pets. I mean, they might even start barking. It's like we can't have an episode without my dogs actually, you know, interrupting us. (laughs) So at the end of the day, the only thing I do have in my control is myself and my actions. And so again, that's where you have to take responsibility and accountability. Uh, Some tools that I I use beyond the calendar and, you know, my phone and stuff uh, is, uh, I have used Basecamp in the, the past. And one of the other tools now, especially as I'm doing some writing, I'm experimenting with um, a a tool that we've actually uh, done um, a little bit of a review on is Scrivener. And so I'm uh, trying that out. I've also been using, especially for some of the things that I'm writing right now, just for collaboration purposes, even though I don't like Google, I've been using Google Docs. Uh, just to go and uh, have that ability to go and uh, collaborate on the fly. So those are some of those tools that keep me going. Uh, and then from a hardware standpoint, yeah, it's uh, my iPhone. I have my Apple Watch. Um, and uh, beyond that, uh, the other thing is, I guess, even just from an email standpoint, that I should mention, uh, I've been consistently getting quite a number of emails and uh, I mean, obviously, even getting to that zero inbox, I think it's going to be very hard for most people to do that, but I've been keeping it in control. Um, I think one of the things that I've been insisting, especially for my uh, students, because I prioritize who I respond back to based on the subject line. So I've been telling them, especially if you're teaching multiple sections to put that information in the subject line. If it's something quick, just hammer it off. I think it's important while, you know, Chris, I have done what you've suggested in the past in terms of just watching TV and doing some of these things. And now as I get older, I've found if I go and concentrate on that one task, I get things done a lot faster. And uh, again, uh, you know, I I think it's uh, something that people have to kind of figure out for themselves. Um, One thing I I joke around with, and uh, I mean, I think both uh, us, uh, you know, Chris and myself, uh, we have actually found with the, uh, I think, working from home, we have, uh, we joke about that you can't be in two places at once. But somehow we actually have been able to do that. In fact, I remember I had to have some meetings and i was on both meetings at the same time so one was running on my computer the other one was running on my phone and uh, for the whole time basically it was it was the weirdest thing cuz i had like a, you know a headphone in each ear just to kind of keep track of both meetings but you know it, that's possible now and whereas in the past you wouldn't be able to and the, again i always try to stay focused on the, the positive and i think in this kind of uh, virtual environment again now we don't have to commute there's other things uh, that you know you can go and balance off i mean i've i've actually been finding uh, that i'm saving more money than ever because i don't have as many expenses i'm eating healthier i'm actually working out regularly and again i think some of this uh, Uh, You don't have to go and be super rigid in terms of your calendar and uh, be beholden to it. And, you know, that could add additional stress. And so I don't uh, buy into, you know, hey, I got to get this done now. You know, there should be some flexibility. But ultimately, you know, there's, uh, um, you know, you just got to kind of persevere. And I think it's going to bring out some more resilience in people
2: i guess one other thing too i want to mention Chris. you mentioned the lack of commuting um for me specifically because i'd have to drive to campus and then back to work and and back and forth throughout the day um kind of pre-covid times what that really allowed me to do is have that 20 30 minutes of just block off me time sitting in the car and call it a day right it's a it, a bit of a refresher it's that same idea of well i think the rules every hour of screen time should take a 15 minute eye break something like that um I mean, it's the same principle, but in terms of just what you do. um, So I, I, for um, particularly because of the work from home environment, um, I kind of don't have the the same amount of uh, separation between the office and the campus and and home. Um, What I typically like to do these days is for some time during lunch, I will pick uh, at least 20 or 30 minutes just to lie in bed. Now maybe I'll bring my laptop or whatever and watch a video. But it's getting away from the desk, I think, is very important. The other thing is throughout the day when you're working on different tasks, I think having different environments um, where you're sitting, um, not whether or not it's you're sitting and standing desk, but then moving to the kitchen counter, chilling on the sofa, heading down into the basement, even working from bed a little bit isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Um, I don't recommend that as your primary workspace, but um, having one or two tasks that you can do from from bed um, is never a bad thing I would I would argue
0: yeah.
2: um, so just ch- changing up your your environment and making sure you're comfortable and even how you sit your lighting your, your overall room and environment I think it's very important um, and making sure and aligning what those tasks can be so if you have an annoying dog in the background um, like I do or Chris's annoying dogs <laughs> or they're always causing a commotion you can do a different task and you can kind of appease them I mean there are certain things that I know I can hammer off um, like reviewing notes or whatever, where I can be playing fetch with my dog. you can have to be throwing the ball and just give me the notes, and that'll be fine. And I can do that from the couch. I don't need to be at my desk to do that. And it puts you in a different mindset in terms of how you feel. It's similar to kind of like a reading chair, right, where you have your book and you, you chill on your ottoman, you put your legs up, and you're just kind of reading, um, something like that. And for me, again, typically I'll have the TV going in the background. So maybe, again, not the most productive, but what it means is that you get a balance of that, that bit of mindfulness and kind of what works best for you. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of multitasking. A lot of people say it doesn't exist. Um, I think Chris is kind of in that happy medium of probably where we should aspire to be, but especially based on the uh, kind of the textbooks and the scientific research would suggest that that's probably the best way to to make sure that you, you do have a bit of stuff balance, uh, blocked off and uh, have that good balance. But I know a lot of my friends as well who are very successful. They strive on having things crammed and setting deadlines for themselves and doing things the night before. And I mean, not an advisable strategy, but at a certain point kind of, they've asked me about productivity strategies and stuff over the years. Um, probably like I've known some of these people for like over a decade now. And kind of over that, that discussion period, it's I've kind of gotten to the point where it's, well, why are you asking me? It's working for you don't try to be me right Do do what works for you so i think that's the the, if anything the most important thing is just to as chris says figure out what works best for you and stick to it um because i i don't think there's a magic bullet that's going to be able to answer everything
1: yeah Yeah, and i mean uh, even chris like uh, it's uh, it's good that you bring that up like i mean you're still young too and obviously you know you things change over time and i i was just like you i would go even in bed i would be working away Right. And uh, watching TV and working away and stuff. And then I found that, uh, you know, there was no separation and basically the work kind of life was bleeding into my personal life. And so one of the things that I've done over the last few years is actually uh, delineated separate space. So like I have my desk. This is where I work on my office stuff. And that's it right? I I don't bring it up into the living room anymore. I don't bring it into the bed like the you know, that's where I've now even just maybe probably from a psychological standpoint, I know that my work, I mean, when I'm sitting at my desk, this is where I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to power through it. That being said, I mean, again, there has to be some flexibility. And if there's something that needs to get powered through, you can go and do that. But I mean, for during this entire pandemic time, I have not moved my laptop, I think more than twice. I just leave it down here probably not the best thing to have it just sitting here I mean you you should probably let your battery get um uh you know uh wasted a little bit or used up and but uh, at the end of it uh, I it, It just that separation I think it's made me a little bit more productive that way Um, and then I I think the other thing that people also probably misunderstand is that even when you're saying or if anybody leaves something to the last minute hopefully you actually haven't left everything to the last minute and I, I think you know let's say if it was a term paper Coming up with that idea for that term paper, uh, you know, doing some research over a extended period of time. Like our brains, I describe them as the most powerful, you know, computer processors in the world. That being said, you know they aren't computer processors. You can't just run them at you know full tilt like M1 <laughs> uh, chip that uh, Apple has, uh, where you know you have to let it uh, breathe. And uh, again, that's where if you you know how I mentioned earlier sometimes you just don't know, you know, you might have researched something over the last month and somehow now the neural pathways have come across, you're walking your dogs and you come up with the eureka moment. And so uh, again, it's just a matter of uh, uh, at the end of it, uh, I think sometimes when you're most relaxed, that's where you might actually find the most beneficial uh, and most innovative uh, kind of ideas come up.
2: Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll put this into a blog post, Chris, but I think My friends that I mentioned who do that very heavy cramming are typically kind of perfectionists or either kind of that or or laissez-faire in terms of they don't care about the task at hand, right? They're just kind of something they have to do. And I think what that limited time period really forces them to do is just choose something and go with it, right? Um, They don't have time to to nitpick and dilly-dally between the different options. They don't have time to kind of um, weigh through it or, or... kind of analyze at a philosophical level why they're doing this, they just know they have to do it and they get it done. Um, so I, I, I think it depends heavily on personality and, and how you kind of like to prefer and do work. Um, I think it's interesting when you bring up work-life balance and things like that. I know a lot of my, my friends give me crap all the time about how hard I work and kind of the hours that I put in. Um, where I I, typically I'm working through whenever I'm eating, I'm still working. Um, Whenever I'm watching TV, I'm still working. Um, It's it's a multitasking thing for me. But I guess kind of through that multitasking, for one, I'm never using 100% of my brain capacity for a particular task, right? I always have music or something else going on in the background. I always have something else that I'm enjoying that's going to allow me to kind of get a bit of reprieve. Whenever I take a break and you're talking about the social media and things like that, Chris, I think perhaps also we come from different generations, a very vast different perspectives, but uh, a quick social media break for me is is a great kind of way to just um, recollect and and kind of settle down. Uh, To me, that's where where I spend most of my time on social media. It's in small bursts throughout the day. And what I find that that also allows me to do is I can keep track of all my social media. I'm not doing a binge that I get down to a big rabbit hole at the end of the day or the start of the day, but spending five minutes every hour um, adds up to still a substantial amount of time, but it allows me to to stay on top of things and also kind of pull back a little bit throughout my day. Um, The other thing that I think is very important from a productivity standpoint is trying to choose things that you like to do um, as much as you can. Right? I think when you're talking about balance and um, having passion for things, we talk about how that the old adage goes, if you pick something you're in love with for a job, you never work a day in your life. I think that's very true for um, a lot of things. But ultimately, you're going to have to do things that you don't enjoy doing. What that means is that I think you have to hammer out the things that you do enjoy doing and have a balance of that. You don't want to be like every day this week is going to be spent on something that i hate and then the rest of the month is going to be on things you like i don't think that's healthy i think you need to have a bit of balance between the two tasks and i think you need to have a bit of um a a working way to get through that and i think also when i have tasks that i particularly don't like doing having something in the background that uh can kind of alleviate some of that annoyance or stress or whatever you want to call it allows me to kind of get through it faster and kind of Um, get that uh, task done to me that's the best way to to get through things that you don't want to be doing but you kind of have to do
1: yeah no absolutely and i mean to that point too uh i think you have quite a bit of discipline right and uh, whereas some other individuals may not like i mean uh, again those algorithms are addictive for a reason and you know to take a five minute hit you can go and uh, do that others probably will that five minutes will (laughs) you know make up for an hour or two and so and and again i i think it's also you kind of have to think about too like if you're consuming if you have in your brain let's say it was twitter and you're thinking that i'm going to get the news from twitter and it's going to be from the the trending news or whatever again then you start going down this rabbit hole and i think you might be better served just going and reading an article from the New York Times or Washington Post as opposed to seeing some random thoughts of different people um, and sure I mean it's it's a different kind of thing and uh, trust me I've, I've been where you are I mean I'm basically like more than double your age right now too and um, you know so I've done what you've done and uh, over time I've like uh, st- sort of evolved I mean one of the things I always uh, give you crap for is that you know you don't always have to let's say if an email comes in you don't have to respond away right away you know you don't you can let it breathe maybe sleep on it especially if it's something that's pissing you off or it's causing some frustration you probably should be in a more stable emotional state and there's no kind of like gun to your head that you have to respond right away and i i think you've now you know you're you've even said it to me that you're kind of uh, getting better with that and but again uh, i think it's you know when we even talked about these like time vampires beyond that one thing that i forgot to mention is uh so while i use my calendar i never share my calendar with anybody so nobody knows what i'm doing or what i'm busy with I do, I actually try my best to not meet with people because I think meetings just kill uh, your day. Uh, you'll find that you'll go and meet about something and nothing ever gets done. Um, in fact, this past week I, I met with, and there's you might, especially when you get into the workplace, you'll come across people who just like to meet for the sake of meeting. And maybe it's part of that social aspect or what have you, and you know so you sort of indulge. But I look at it, maybe you could just go and send an email and now you've just saved yourself from an hour meeting and sure that email might even take 10 minutes or 15 minutes to draft or send off but i think this is where it it goes back to our original asynchronous versus synchronous kind of discussion and this is where maybe i'm like an advocate for even online and then working from home Uh, but you know again There's nothing saying that we need to go and be having meetings. And I I think meetings should be set with uh, uh, quite a bit of planning and agendas. And, you know, especially if you're going to go and try to do something creative or innovative, you should probably have that structured, you should have takeaways. But, uh, you know, the last little while I've I've had uh, any kind of meetings. This is where, again, I I usually do two things at once. And so I'll be in that meeting, but I'm not really, you know, I'm working on something else at the same time. Right. And uh, uh, because it doesn't require my full attention. And, uh, you know, again, I might be different that way where I can go and, uh, you know, consume something in the background and still be there like 90 percent of the way. uh you know, hopefully you contribute to uh that discussion along the way. But I'll go and maybe say take something that it isn't super time intensive and doesn't require a hundred percent of my effort or sustained effort and I'll be hammering away maybe some emails at the same time.
2: Yeah, which to me, Chris sounds very similar to just any of my multitasking, right? It's just the 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 medium by which we do it is 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 slightly different. Um the one comment I'll make about the um the responding respond to emails right away. And I think you're absolutely right, Chris. You, there's, there have been times where I need to bite my tongue. Um, absolutely, when especially there's um, a frustrating email that comes through or something like that, that. And I think we've all had those. But for me, I'm one of those people who's very anal about the the red dot on the mail app on your phone. And just in my inboxes in general, everything needs to be read. <laughs> everything needs to be yeah. addressed. And, and for me, keeping on top of that, I know I always have coworkers and and friends who are drowning in emails and I almost never understand it because I've backed up for my friends before um, at work and whatnot. And I'll manage like three inboxes at once is sometimes is what I'll end up doing. And I'll get them down to zero, all three of them. Right. And it's just a matter of not letting things build up and not kind of addressing things as they come up. Kind of, as you say, Chris, the the, the quick and easy ones, right. Um, You, you kind of have a more nuanced approach to, what I do. But um, that's true for me on social media. My friends know uh, uh, unless there's like specific times that I block things off, um, important meetings and uh, whatnot. But otherwise, they're pretty much guaranteed a very rapid response rate. I don't think my friends ever not hear back from me in under two hours. If they do, they kind of say, "Well, <laughs> are you all right? Something wrong?" Um, <laughs> that's true for you know text message, for social media, through email, for anything that I have. I I don't think of them as separate things. I think of them all really as the same. I don't really care how you get in touch with me. It's just a different way of getting in touch with me. Um, and, and really for me what that means is I don't have to think about it and I don't have to dwell on it I think that's what uh, you mentioned Chris like fairly enough there there are times where you do want to be thinking about it but if it's very simple and there's like not yeah. um, things that you don't need to be worried about especially when it's something like your friend um, just get it done hammer out um, you, you don't have to think about it and it, it keeps things lively and again I think to me that also serves kind of as micro breaks some people would say they're micro distractions I think it, again it depends on how. Um, your personality and kind of how you operate but for me that's how i like to keep a balance of things yeah so one other thing i guess i thought of um as well chris is that when you mentioned kind of there's no good estimate for um finishing or how, how long it takes to complete a task i think um that's often true but i think you should also limit yourself for the amount of hours you dump into a task i think that's especially true for a lot of perfectionists you get into yeah, diminishing returns when you get to a certain point um I think especially kind of coming from a school background, there's a very kind of typical prescribed calculation for this is how much percentage this assignment is worth. This is how much time you should actually spend on it. So I think that's true for a lot of things. There's not that fixed um, construct of percentages in a lot of the things you do in your daily work life or other things like that. But um, I think there's still a kind of, you need to ask yourself often, how how much value is this worth? Um, Is it worth doing? And to what extent do I want to kind of really hammer it out one other really great um, kind of tip and trick that I kind of have, that I really like is, again, probably maybe for some of the younger folk, but what I like to do is work on my phone um, all the time. So even if I'm writing a paper, I'll be sitting on the couch, have my feet up watching a sitcom, and I'll be writing out my thesis and writing out my paragraphs and just typing on my phone. And I think sometimes even just with my my I mean my, my, um, words per minute between laptop and phone is probably pretty similar. But um, even for my phone, just using my thumbs as opposed to using my fingers gets my mind in a different way, for one. And for two, I think it also gives my my um, my brain kind of tricks it into saying, well, this isn't the same kind of work. You're just kind of texting or whatever, right? You're, or you're, you're not doing the same kind of monotonous tasks for the entire day. So it's a good way to break things up, I think, especially if you have writer's block or you're kind of really stuck on something. That's a great way to go about it. And I kind of mentioned that as well for emails. I think I might have even told you about that, Chris. I think a great way to hammer through emails for me has always been to to use or answer them on my phone as opposed to kind of sitting down because a the text looks bigger so you write shorter emails kind of get to the point um but also you can kind of just hammer it out on on a smaller screen kind of on the go and in a less casual or less formal environment you don't have to be sitting down at your desk and really dialed in so um yeah that's another kind of quick tip that i have for that in terms of technology and hardware
1: yeah that's interesting you mentioned that i mean we've talked about that in the past too but i i usually Am faster on the computer as opposed to the phone. And I find even my wrist starts hurting. I almost get like this carpal tunnel kind of thing. So, uh, but one thing that I've discovered is, and especially, I mean, whether you're uh, using Google or, uh, you know, for Apple, but like for Apple, you should befriend Siri. And I, I think you'd be amazed by how much you can go and get done just f- by doing some voice dictation. And I've done the same even like while I'm on the walk, like especially, you know, if it's like minus 15 or something out, you know, texting or writing down like in your notepad, it, it can get kind of um, uh, hard on your hand. So I've just been dictating it uh, through the microphone and it's, it's been doing a pretty good job. Uh, one other thing that we mentioned, too, is uh, sometimes you may not want to just throw hours at it and brute force attack (laughs) you know let's say uh, i'm gonna throw another like 20 hours because like you mentioned like there's this kind of law of diminishing returns and uh you know again i think it's probably better to go and take those huge chunks uh, especially if it's a large project and just divvy it up uh over an extended period of time and um You know, as opposed to just throwing those hours at it. Um, And that being said, I mean, I have had situations where I'm working like 60, 80, 100 hours plus a week. And sometimes you have to do it. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who uh, they talk about like it's almost like, you know, uh, uh, people even talk about you have to hustle and if you don't hustle but everybody has their different kind of ways to it um, I find uh, while I've given this advice in the past but I, I think while it's important to be passionate about something right and knowing what you you like and you enjoy at the same time it's also a matter of going and figuring out what your superpower is and figuring out um, you know where you can get the, the most done and what your strength is uh, because over time, if if you've spent thousands of hours perfecting that uh, skill that you have, you're just going to be that much more efficient. Like, you know, just simple thing that I can give you an example of. Uh, sure, I can go and do graphic design, but it takes me like four times longer than, let's say, my uh, colleague that um, is our creative director. Right. And so, uh, you know, some of these things uh, while it, and part of it is that you just got to reacquaint yourself with the Uh, software, you're not using it day in and day out, you know, again, you haven't had that kind of uh, length of experience. So
0: I think that's a good place to move on to our third interview question, which is what are your productivity goals for 2021? You mean
1: other than surviving?
0: Well, you just said you were thriving. This has been working well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, sometimes I, I have one other thing that I've uh, discovered over the last little while. Uh, it's probably the last like three or four years is that I had a tough time saying no to people. And, uh, you know, so you got to I almost got to the point where I, I basically if it wasn't a hell yeah, I would automatically my default would be No. But I mean, it's it's going to be a challenging semester, um, you know, the, the, just the way that it's structured. And you know, um, again, I think one of my productivity goals and w- what I'd like to achieve, anyways, is um, and I'm kind of evaluating it right now. But I, I think I'm going to do a little bit more of that uh, digital minimalization and detox. Uh, and part of it is, again, this is where when I mentioned earlier that you you know, the one thing that you have in your control is yourself and your actions. And so one of the biggest time vampires that I've identified uh, is social media. I think I'm going to cut out some of these accounts. I I look at it, you know, and while there are certain things that I'm good at, uh, even, you know, it's funny, uh, you both have told me that I I, I structure a social media post pretty decently, but, you know, it takes time. And at the end of it, what do I accomplish? Um, And so I I think, you know, it's going to be more about like quality versus quantity, um, but uh, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'll still have the accounts, but I'm going to delete them off my phone so I don't happen to just, hey, here you go. It's almost like a this thing, this, you know, you uh, get like shadow kind of uh, uh uh like vibrations or something from your device if something doesn't go off and again those notifications i think people should probably start turning those off but there's some big things that i want to go and get done this year uh one of which is uh, you know getting some writing done and so i'm gonna have to go and you know look at my time and see what i can go and cut to make myself a little bit more efficient and productive
2: i think for me um the big thing is just trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to do all these things when uh, you get back to the new normal, <laughs> which is kind of seems to be the, uh, the, the, the goal for kind of the end of 2021, um, throwing some salt again. But it uh, seems like that's the idea of, of, of the timeline of, of what we're hearing for where things are going to kind of shift back to a, a kind of a, a hybridized, but kind of pre-COVID environment. I, you know, last semester, I think one of some weeks I work upwards of about 75 hours a week, um, just on my day job. And then I'd have about six or seven other kind of volunteering or part-time jobs, like teaching assistant or something like that um, at the university. Um, And then in addition to that, I was taking six courses. Um, So kind of balancing that uh, with an added commute and other things and and increased social life hopefully uh at the end of all this is is probably kind of what i'm going to see and what what chris kind of points out exactly you gotta figure out what you want to cut out and um where you want to draw the line on certain things but in the meantime i think i'm just plugging away at the the things i do have on my plate um one other thing i just wanted to mention as well uh i never have notifications on for any of my things Um, And what I mean is my phone's always on silent. If someone needs to get a hold of me, I always have my phone out um, and available. When I'm on, I'm on. Um, When I'm off my device, I'm off my device. And so that's what I do. I have always no vibration, no ringtone, no nothing. It's always silent. Um, And that's, I think ever since I've had a cell phone, that's been my doctrine. Um, It's just when I have my phone out and I need need it, um, and I'm on it, then you can get a hold of me instantly. No problem. But when I have my phone away, no way. Um and and exceptions to the rule, if I'm expecting an important call, I'll put my ringer on. But for the most part, that's how I approach it. Um and, and as well, I think the the other thing that's really important about the um overall kind of again the, the the kind of social media thing. Uh there are great ways to kind of um look at how you're actually using the apps, right? So for me, like if I'm on Facebook or something like that, very rarely am I actually scrolling through the feed. It's more more or less I'm on Messenger just chatting with my friends. Um, and the other thing that I like to kind of browse through is I'll happen to pop on the marketplace a lot. I guess uh, for those I don't know, one of the hats I wear is is a uh, kind of guitar dealer thing. So I like to to look at uh, the used local classifieds. Uh, kind of on all platforms so i I make leverage of that but beyond that i don't try to scroll too far on my facebook feed um as for instagram i think one of the great ways chris mentions the videos i don't go into the explorer i don't search for hashtags i don't do anything like that it's the content that i've curated that i want to watch and i want to look for that's what i scroll through and that's about it maybe i'll send some messages with some friends but um i think kind of paring down how you consume the content and what you actually get out of these um Apps is very important um, and i think that's true even for YouTube i i'm a very i, I log in and i have my subscribers uh, or uh, my uh the, the, the channels i subscribe to should I say rather um and those are the those, that's the content i watch i'm on trending and then hopping through to the next suggested video and going down the rabbit hole it's a very set list and a very routine list of these people upload x amount of time a week um this is how much content they put up this is when they put it out this is how long their content is and i consume that kind of religiously um and again i think that that kind of helps keep myself on schedule because i use that as a benchmark as well just kind of throughout my day
0: is that on now whoops sorry <laughs> i muted it i couldn't tell which to which. Well, that's probably a great place uh, to wrap up. I want to thank you both for answering all these questions and sharing your productivity hacks for this year. I think this is a good time of the year to do it since I get the impression that people are probably desperate for some productivity hacks at this point. So thanks very much, gentlemen, for taking the time to answer these questions and interview for this episode. It's been fun.
1: Uh, My pleasure.
2: Always a pleasure, Eric.
0: You can learn more about EdTech Examined by going to our website, edtechexamined.com. There, you'll find ways to subscribe, as well as host information, our social media accounts, and our blog posts. Our blog posts are also published through Medium on the EdTech Examined publication. You can contact EdTech Examined by emailing us at hey at edtechexamined.com, if you have an EdTech question you'd like us to answer on a future episode, you can email us or reach us through Twitter using the hashtag EdTechOfficeHours. You can find EdTechExamined on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at EdTechExamined, and we also have a LinkedIn page you can follow. Until next time.